What is up, everyone? Welcome to the latest episode of Power Spike. It's your boy Degon here, breaking things down around the world of League of Legends alongside Dom and Monty. Dom, how's it going, brother? Oh, it's going good. Been doing LPL pretty much every single day. This is the last day before the, the break. So, yeah, we've been going hard on LPL. Normally, I think before we were doing maybe like out of the week. Let's see. So out of the week, there used to be six plus uh there would be like 26 best of threes roughly something like that or actually no not 26 best of threes there'd be like 14 best of three something around there um but now uh you're getting even more because they they're they're doing them friday saturday and sunday uh they've eliminated one week of lpl and now like they're just they're pretty much just cramming in extra games so friday saturday sunday are three best of threes and then when we get back from the break it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, all Holy have three shit. best of threes. So we've been we've been going hard, <laughs> but I think that like at the beginning of LPL, there's a reason to watch pretty much every single team. Like even the dog shit teams, there's a reason for me to watch them. Like EDG is the worst team in the league right now. They're zero five, but it's like it's like watching K Corp fail. You know where you kind of gotta watch them fail because it's like so spectacular <laughs> seeing a team that has like so many fans that it should be good on paper as a world champion jungler um actually just be be terrible i mean they went from literally winning a world championship uh three years ago to now being the worst team in lpl and then the other team <laughs> that hasn't won a game yet they have not won a game yet in lpl is a team that vic was on so like i can just watch every single team in the entire league it is great <laughs> yeah that's hilarious that's that's pretty brutal sad for uh vicla uh we'll we'll get to the rest of the LPL in a bit. Monty, how are you, brother? Uh I'm doing great. I'm just streaming VOD reviews, doing business stuff, making a few videos. I'll be starting up my power rankings probably again this week, so that'll be fun. I enjoyed seeing you on LCS. Now now you're back on our show instead of the the shiny LCS broadcast. How was that? Yeah. A little less shiny, a little less uh makeup, but it was it was great. It was it was pretty cathartic, I'd say. Uh, it, it, just for people that don't know, six six and a half years ago, I was on the LCS. That was why I moved out to LA. I got the offer as a full time role, and I was there for half a split before they were like, "Hey, we're moving from best of threes to best of ones. We're moving from three show days to two. And everyone cheered because everyone was very burnt out. I did not cheer. I felt like <laughs> I felt the world be like, "I knew it. This is it." too good to be true and then sent me off to this spiral six years in the making of uh golden guardians into thinking that it was all over into ven into signing with caa into making the show with you guys make a face check and then <laughs> you know being okay with that that was, that was a pretty good career and then uh lcs asked me to if i was free and said yeah and it just felt very weird to be in the moment of like casting to remember what it used to feel like and all the trauma from like fucking up from before and not being good enough and all that stuff and just being able to conquer it all. So it 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 was it was really it was really cool. It felt like I belonged and I just felt like the luckiest guy to be on the LCS, but that wasn't the primary feeling. It was, hey, we got to do a good job today. So it was kind of like it was it was very cool. And also my parents were there, so shout outs to mom gone and dad gone for oh it's great out. yeah you see i was like dad dad wear this you have to wear this. <laughs> you wore the last vacation hoodie it was pretty good yeah. 
Yeah, the elephant, you know what? It actually caused me problems because a lot of people saw those pictures and they're like, Monty, when can we get LFN merch? And I was like, yeah, uh, Monty. what kind of business well, meetings are you having? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, setting up a global shipping merchandise is uh, not the easiest. So when I, you know, eventually, eventually we will do that, guys. But yeah, there there were a lot of questions, but it was great to see your parents there. And you did, you did a great job. It seems like everybody received your casting very well. It's fun that you got to host and do the casting. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was like the car wash. So I I went back and it the I was nervous about the casting. I hadn't cast in a in a little while. I've always known I could do it, and I'm very I love talking to the the younger generation about the craft of casting and the craft of hosting, but definitely casting. And then to not think about those things and just do it, and then go back and I watched the other day, and I was like, okay. This wasn't as cringe as I thought it was. There's a couple cringe moments, but I had a couple of cool calls. Like I had uh, the, what was it? Filthy Frank Tomo, right? Got Filthy Frank in there for the Joji fans. I've got uh, the Emperor's Divide multiplies the kills. That one was good. And then uh, the pop off play of B-Boy. That was, it was, I was like, okay, cool. I had my good calls in there. Kobe hard carried really well. And it's just, it was really cool to share that moment with Kobe because I've spent so many, hours at like parties with kobe and so we already have the connection esports volleyball and then it, we were like working but it didn't feel like work it was it was really cool so just again thanks to all the friends and fans for making it happen the staff for making it happen kobe jat um uh, emily raz uh, for just being awesome it was it was it was really cool and then the next day i went in and uh did my interviews and i had some great interviews this week over on Tigon esports it was uh ole umti sniper and yeah and th those were some and, and jensen there there were some really good ones there so it was just an overall great week of work and it, uh i appreciate you all letting me and fans dom monty just let me talk about me for a little bit that was cool all right that's enough about <laughs> you're done <laughs> so thanks for that uh but yeah lcs is great appreciate it maybe we'll see if there's more in the future uh yeah uh speaking of that why don't we get into other big news things that what happened. news was there was there any drama this week you know yeah i always <laughs> thought you know hey why you know the drama was i didn't get to call the cloud nine immortals game wait that was so good did you see our predictions everyone's like Degon, you're trolling you picked immortals over cloud nine i was like i've got to follow the line of logic here with our long shot bets so i did that and called that shit and then the next day, Cloud9 revoked my interview rights. I did not get an interview with Cloud9. Wow. <laughs> Wait, really? Wow. They didn't revoke the rights, but they didn't give me an interview. I was like, that's crazy. You're going to give it to... Oh, okay, I don't want to shit on anyone in the media. You're going to give it to not me? That's crazy. All right. Cool, cool, cool. All right. That's a bitch I... move. Like, what the fuck? It was pretty funny. I, I thought it was funny. It happens. It happens. Um... But in other news, let's start overseas. And this one is near and dear to our boy Dom. And we'll get into it in our first segment of the day. Everything is on fire. All right. Dom, what happened to our, our, our team of the year? This was the team that we were going to support in the LEC. We were ride or die with the sack boy in yamato yep. and news came out over the, the the weekend that 
Carmine Corp are moving on from Yamato, benched. Not sure what that fully term means. No one's saying the F word. Fired. But they're saying benched, moving on, not in control of. Uh, so let's start there, Dom. What's up with your, your your team or your former team, I guess? I mean, I, I don't. I never actually cared about the team. I only cared about Yamato and his <laughs> success, which was tied to the team, which is the reason why I had to support the team. I don't give two fucks about this team anymore. I think <laughs> this, is just, this is just one of like the worst ways you can go about hiring a coach like Yamato. Because number one, when you are going into a new project like this and you're bringing up multiple different players, you bring up Bo and Upset, who had like almost zero success to, together on Vitality. And you're combining that with three players that just played in ERLs. Targumas, last time he was in LEC, he also finished uh, at the bottom of the table with XL. Um, Sokin was absolutely terrible last time he was in LEC when he subbed in for Melitza in 2020. Like, I watched that entire fucking split. Um, and Cabochard hasn't been in the league since, like, 2019 or some shit. Or maybe it was, like, early 2020. Point is, like, this is a project that's going to take a, a long period of time. And I know Yamato's not an idiot. When you go into something like this, you say... Hey, I can't guarantee you results immediately. The whole point of this is that we can build a good team. We can we can work with the team over time. And by the time that summer comes around, Worlds comes around, we're actually a competitive team. We can level up our game. And that's what coaching is. Coaching is not like immediate. You don't just like step on stage. You're like, oh, tell the players to do this. They just tell them that. And then it all sinks in immediately. And all the players know exactly what to do in games. Like you could tell the parts of the game that K Corp were good at, right? K-Corp, we're good at early game. They're one of the best early game teams in the entire fucking league. That's where coaching actually comes in. It's like early game plans, drafts, things like that. By everything that you can actually look at, the team was being coached well. It's actually extremely hard to co coach mid to late game because of the way that practice tools are in League of Legends. There's no way you can go into a mid or late game scenario and just train specific scenarios over and over. You're lucky if in a scrim set of five games, you get one situation, like a one good Baron situation where you're able to make the decision whether to turn, finish, like all this type of stuff. And um, in, in scrims, a lot of people play these situations a lot worse. There's a lot less focus and you might be able to get objectives um, easier. So. The fact that they decided to fire him after nine best of ones where he won the last two is just like, then why did you even hire this guy in the first place? Like, then you should have never hired a, a coach like Yamato. You should have brought the ERL coach into the main team, and he should have been the head coach from day number one because I, I just don't understand what could have happened with these nine best of ones where you could decide, like, oh, no, we don't we don't like what Yamato brings to the team anymore. Uh. I think also that, you know, Yamato as a coach has proven, you know, first off, both very loyal to the players and the teams that he's coached with in the past. And he he just as a person has always kind of been in it for the long haul. He hasn't like hopped around voluntarily. And, I, I you know, especially with the fact that he took an extended period of time off waiting for the right project in order to jump on f for this year. And was pretty reluctant to just kind of go with what other team ever team gave him an offer. And I know he did turn down offers as well. It seems crazy that you would get rid of him after this short period of time, especially because at least what we can see from the outside, the coaching wasn't really the issue. Like we wouldn't be su super critical of his drafts over nine games. Like there were one or two kind of questionable ones, but there are also some very good ones in there. And is it really his fault that the comms haven't come together or the players are the way they are? Remember, he didn't select the majority of these players. He was, they were thrust upon him and he walked into what was already 
as far as I can tell, a not LEC caliber situation. And the people that he may have had a hand in bringing in, such as Bo and Upset, were the best players on this team. So what do I mean, you I just don't know. Do? I don't know how you could watch the games and actually like see the mistakes that the players are making individually and not view that as the most core reason as to why they're losing. Yes, of course. Like it, it just makes no fucking sense. If you are watching the same games I'm watching, you're watching just Targamus's horrific Ash game. You're watching Sokken literally <laughs> like not be able to flash any abilities. He's in a perfect position to carry. Can't flash any ability in team fight. Just never is able to carry. Cobble can't lane versus most of the players in LEC in the first like two weeks. How do you watch these games and not immediately think about player roster changes over coach roster changes. I'm fine with them letting it ri them letting it ride another split. If you sure, let it yeah. ride another split with, with all five players and the coach, you won two games at the end, I don't think it's going to work, but I could understand that decision, not changing anything between winter and spring, because winter and spring, uh, there's such a, a small amount of time to actually, you know, make changes that are going to make a difference. You know, after spring, then you have MSI, you have a longer break right. to actually get into um, you know, things for summer also, you know, that's a period where a lot of players will change teams because LEC is the only region that has these two splits back to back right next to each other. Every other region has an entire spring split. So then that's where you can maybe like think about importing from, from other regions and things like that. Um, but yeah, just watching the, the way that they did things. I mean, they clearly just never wanted him to be the coach. Like that, that's the only, uh, that's the only thing that I can deduce is that if they're willing to fire him after nine games, especially considering like his track record, at, you know, with teams, they just didn't commit to him from the beginning. They didn't actually believe in him from the beginning. Yeah. And here, here comes the tinfoil hat uh, take. So get your Pepe laughs ready. Reha has been uh, elevated back to head coach position. He was the head coach during the ERL phase this feels like a little house of cardsy, you know, maybe an <laughs> internal job. Like Yamato had to take the flag. Maybe they knew these dudes sucked. Maybe they needed to protect Saken. Maybe it was like, it was cheaper to let go of Yamato or make him inactive. Again, he's still in the database, but he's not. I, well, well, the thing is, I mean, is that because yeah, he's on a German contract, so they still have to pay him. That's the thing. I love it. This is such good drama, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the team that was talking so much. Sorry, the the fan base that was talking so much shit. It's like the guys that are like, yeah, you know, Alabama football would definitely be the worst team in the NFL. Like, that would definitely happen. <laughs> and it just it's a slap into the face to everyone that's ever professional. Like, and now we're getting to see. Carmine Corp have choppy waters as an organization and see how they handle it. And I think all of us can say we wouldn't handle it this way. You didn't give them time and you didn't change the problem that was there. It was very clear. It was very, very clear. Nah, yeah. And now Yamato really, you know, if he doesn't want to, I, I've seen all these takes that are hilarious, such as like Yamato cannon to cloud nine. And I'm like, Yamato can literally just chill and collect free money. And if they, maybe they'll need him later on, maybe they will call upon his powers after it somehow goes even more disastrously. No way. No way. But, if they called but, Yamato back, that would be, <laughs> then I would be a KC fan again. I'd be like, okay, cool. If you did it for the storyline, you did it for the plot and you ran your management's face into the ground because of how embarrassingly bad they did. Sure. Okay. I can support that. But otherwise this is a, a very bad move 
It feels like a very bad move. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. And it when doesn't you, make any sense. When, when you look at, at, at like the community reaction, I mean, I, I feel like this is probably the worst we've ever seen like the LEC fans be with like everything that happens. It just feels like there's so many new like Mad Koi fans and K Corp fans and just like BDS fans. And there's just so many new fans in the scene that like you can't have any type of rational discussion. The amount of takes that I saw that were like, well, if Targumus isn't talking, isn't that actually Yamato's problem as a coach? Like, shouldn't like like yeah. I, I Yamato, take... Yamato's supposed to go on stage and just like move his jaw up and down <laughs> manually during the well, game. I mean, the thing that that's that's so like idiotic about the take is if you think about it for more than one second, you're like, wait, so Targumus also had Dylan Falco as a coach for an entire year in the LEC. And it's like, Dylan Falco is considered a great coach. Like everyone respects yep. Dylan. Dylan is one of the best coaches in LEC history. I mean, he's in that top tier of coaches. Is that he not more of an indictment on Dylan Falco if he LEC had him history. for a full year? Yeah, <laughs> he might just I mean, be like, the best. Like, <laughs> yeah, he might, he might be the best. It's like, yeah, I mean, it's like you have like Grabs, Yamato, like, like Dylan Falco. Like these are the guys that have been there. Young Buck, these are the guys that have been there forever that have always just been in LEC and, and been good coaches. Mac is also Mac in that conversation. Yeah, cheapy. Cheapy hasn't been in the in there for a long ass time. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to make sure we called out everyone that has had you know impact. You know, I'm well, Peter to, Dunn's I, back now. Peter so Dunn. Another one. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Golly. Yep. Yeah. 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 I mean, the the You're point is, it's like it, it's like this is something that ha the player has to fix. I mean, just because your motto is well spoken doesn't mean he can make other people well spoken. And I actually did some digging and I like talked to like. Uh, people that have worked with Targumus previously, <laughs> right? Dom on the case. Yeah, and I was like, how how, how was Targumus like like in a team environment? Did he also have these problems about not talking? And everyone said, yes, he did have these problems. And when confronted in reviews, the reason why he would say he's not talking is because these things would be obvious in game. That these were like obvious things that like he doesn't need to communicate. But I think that's a huge cop out because you can tell in game that he doesn't know what to do a lot of the time. Like there's times where he's pacing back and forth and he doesn't engage at the right time or he makes a, a wrong decision or he doesn't block something that he needs to block. You can see that he makes individual mistakes. So how could he know so much better than everyone else where he doesn't need to talk um, because, you know, everyone should just be on the same page. Number one, I don't even buy into that number, number one. Number two, the way that you get on the same page is by talking in the beginning. When you are on a new team, let's say Targumus is the best player on the team. Let's go with the premise. He's the best, smartest player on the entire team. And the only reason that he's not talking is because everything is super fucking obvious. If that's the case, then as the best player on the team and the person that knows what's going on, you need to talk to bring up your teammates' game knowledge to the level that you're on so that you cannot communicate in the future, so that you can actually play that quiet, like, you know, Korean top Chinese style where they don't really communicate at the top level because everyone knows what to do. To get there, the way you do that is by getting everyone on the same page, and the way that you get everyone on the same page is through communication. So I just don't buy, like, any of the, the Targumus no-talking points. And I think that, yeah, like, you can not talk. You don't need to talk all the time but if you're on a really bad team that has massive coordination issues you better be talking about when you're engaging you better be talking about when you're going in or what needs to happen in the team fight like there's no players in the world that that would actually just not speak at all in the times where Targumus is not speaking is this no i guess we had to we've had two in the lcs that have impacted you know they're they're i guess impacted me one was loco getting let go in week three golden guardians that was just that was a nightmare i lived we all survived through that and then obviously ls being moved on from uh cloud nine early on in the year in europe is this the earliest a coach has been let go after 
What? No. Eight games? Crusher got let go at the same time last year. Okay. okay. Crusher uh, being moved on from. I forgot about that. Yeah. Uh, this is uh, a, a big talking point. So uh, French fans, pardon. I think I said that right. Or let's let's chat. Let's chat about it. Do you feel like this was the right move? Are you just back in Carmine Corp, the organization, no matter what? Yamato had to go. Let us know in the comments because I'm so, so interested in this one. I feel like, as Dom said, the regionality and the insane uh, fanaticism of the LEC makes it very difficult to have coherent conversations. It's a lot of bashing each other, but we know that our friends here, our fans here over at Last Free Nation, we like to have discussions. So let us know in the comments of this one. Do you feel like this was the right move? Do you wish that you gave Yamato more time? Or is it uh, we're taking the Reha train all the way to first place, baby? You're doing the Mad Lions, you know, last to first kind of move in the spring. Let us know. We want to know. Uh, speaking of European coaches, yeah, that's a good one. This is a good one. Let's go to Cloud9, baby. Everyone's calling for Mithy's head. <laughs> What's going on with Cloud9? Four in a row, the first time since 2018 or whatever it was, 2019. This team is bad. Death, taxes, and super teams sucking. What's going on? Please tell me, uh, Monty. I, I reviewed all the, the Cloud9 losses on my stream, and I, I made a video for my YouTube channel talking about this. But, I mean, I think there have been some extremely questionable drafts that they have engaged in, most notably versus Shopify Rebellion and then versus Team Liquid. Uh, they also got, I mean, if you want to see a team just completely get bopped in terms of macro, like that... That Team Liquid game where they were constantly behind the eight ball as like the the Aphelios Lulu lane swapped to the other side of the map based on the Udir pressure. And then they got free objectives left and right to give TL like a 2K gold lead without ever having fought, as well as giving up basically every, you know, Drake void grub spawn. I mean, it was it was hilarious. It was hilarious to watch. And I think there's just a cockiness both in the draft and as well as in individual play, um, you know, you see a reluctance to like use flash in certain situations where they would, you know, kind of disrespectfully, or you see Berserker just like getting in very bad situations in bot lane, like the feeding kid, uh, the kills over. I said feeding kids because they are kids. Uh, Masu and Busio <laughs> Feed, feeding the FlyQuest children, the starving FlyQuest children. Um, you know, in the bot lane, just like dashing up into a Nautilus hook is just, it's so baffling the way that they're playing. And then also on top of that, like how, how can Blabber just not play Rel? He is, he has the least spectacular Rel engages I've ever seen hitting anywhere between zero and one people on every single engage, not able to do anything on this champion. And then when he has a perfect opportunity in the liquid game to pick a champion as primary engage with Maokai, a champion that he is 14 and two on in his career, yep. he picks Lilia. And so they have a composition with no primary engage with an Oriana and a NAR. So all team liquid has to do for the rest of the game is play around Meganar and nobody can ever engage ever on, on 
cloud nine side so basically what that means is team liquid just gets baron for free because they wait out meganar and then it's on cooldown and then he's just hopping around in the circle doing absolutely fucking nothing they have no ball delivery they have no primary engage which they can follow up on with a meganar they can't control the game whatsoever it is fucking confusing what they are doing i mean i know mythy tweeted and he took responsibility for a lot of this but the fact of the matter is, is that he's the only coach on site for an LCS team. He's the only one there. Vagar V2. I don't think Vagar is helping with draft, by the way. I could be wrong about that. But he's an off-site analyst on a different continent. Meanwhile, most other LCS teams have multiple people who are there in person trying to help out. And it feels like it's just kind of gotten away from Mithy. Like, he doesn't have any support. I mean, I think the main the main thing is is they don't have buttons to press to easily win situations. Like, they, they have no buttons on their team. The the Nar Oriana, Lilia is literally the same, essentially, okay. essentially the same topside that I, that I was criticizing two years ago on that POE TSM team. There was a POE TSM team where they would always play with, with Spica um, on, like, Nidalee. And instead, and this is when like Nidalee Renekton was really OP or like Nidalee Camille, like it would just, you'd run set up with Nidalee. That was the whole idea was that you'd stun the person, then Nidalee hits the spear and then Nidalee gets like guaranteed kills and it has a lane where it could gank. They would always run Nidalee, Orianna and Nar. They would always run this combo. And it's like, you, it, how do they interact together? It's the opposite of what you want with this champion. If you're playing Lilia, you want things that can start fights because you're so good at like being able to continue fights. Like if you're able to play off somebody else and then get your sleep, like halfway through the fight, a three man sleep, four man sleep, then your, your champion is OP, but they run like Oriana, Nar, Lilia, and no one can actually do anything. There's no synergy just, between any I, of I the just, picks. I just love them. Like trying desperately to like hit the bowling balls to try and initiate with sleep. while like, he, you know, fudge is just in mini Nar. And Jojo Pion's just standing there with nobody to put the ball on top of, and they're just staring at them while they do Baron. <laughs> it's just so funny. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's so dumb. I mean, if you look at, like, Orianna combos right now, like, what do people play Orianna with? They play Orianna Nocturne. That's the biggest combo in the game because you're trying to do the ball delivery system. Orianna Zin, because you have a bruiser who can go in and you can ulti off, sure. the, off the bruiser. Orianna Jarvin. Like, these are just the combos that you fucking run. You don't want to have Orianna Lee Sin be, be your thing. You don't want Orianna Lilia. Oriana Rell is fine. Like we see, we see T1 like doing this kind of shit, you know? Yeah. Oriana Rell is, is great. I mean, I just think that the, the way that they, they draft just makes no sense. And then uh, obviously the uh, second game of the week was the, uh, the Berserker Lucian Milio game where that was probably the worst game I've seen Berserker play since he's been in North America. I mean that like what legitimately. Was what were they doing in lane? Like I was, I was just watching and this is my VOD review and I could not fathom like the way they were trying to overpress this advantage. It was crazy to watch. I mean, the first one was mega simple. I mean, the first one was literally just a level up timer. Like the enemy hit level three and they're level two. And then they got, they got hooked on that, on that timing. You can get hooked in this. Like it's not the end of the world to get hooked in this lane. If you're level three as well, because if your level three is Milio Lucian, part of the reason it's so OP, Nautilus hooks you, you cue the Nautilus away during the hook, the, the, the Nautilus won't be able to auto and get the stun, right? You just cue him when he's hooking. We see this all the time in LPL. Mm -hmm. You cue him when he's hooking and he, he gets the hook, he doesn't get the stun, then the Lucian can dash back and there's no way to like follow up. So it just neutralizes the engage at all points. Um, they fail that there. Uh, 
then they try to overforce later because they think like, oh, we have a, you know, we have barrier coming up, we can win, but they're just down items and they die again. I mean, it's really weird to see Berserker play so bad mechanically. I don't know how else to explain it, but when you watch Berserker's like micro movements now, you watch how he controls his character now, it's like he's clicking slower than he was before. Like he used to have such insane, like precise movement. And now when you watch him, it like just looks like he's, I don't know. It looks like, it looks like, like, it looks like he smoked a joint before the game and he's just like vibing through the fucking game. You know, like that's, that's how it looks. It looks like America he's just like has ruined everything. this poor Korean, you know, weed was illegal in, uh, in Korea. Now he's, yeah. he's there with all the dispensaries. California. We'll get our... <laughs> he looks way slower. It's so random. I, I know you guys look... think, I know you guys slower. think Dom is setting up for a freeze pipe, right? Reed, but no, they, they may be back. They may be back soon, guys, but this is not actually a freeze pipe read. Shout out to freeze pipe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it, it's tough to watch. It, it, it's really tough to watch. Then, like, the other game that they played, the first game, is the one where they have Varus, Rel, Tristana, Udir, Karma, where it just feels like when Rel is, like, the only thing you need to worry about on the team, it's very hard. Uh, we saw, we're going to talk about this later, but in the certified banger, uh, that we have the, the the TN Rel game that they played game two versus Weibo. You saw how hard it was for Rel to play if the enemy team only has to look at the Rel. Um, so I don't like Rel being like solo engage with nothing else on the team. Like if Rel solo engage, you better have like insane follow up like Oriana or something like that. Um, so I thought it was very hard for them to play out this game. I just think that like in general, their their drafts game to game are a lot different. Even if they have some of the, the same champions, the overall way that they're playing the draft or should be playing the draft is different from game to game. And you end up in a situation where like, no one knows what their job is on the team. No one like what, what are these players supposed to be doing in every single game? I don't think they know. Well, and this is the problem that you run into with super teams. Sometimes is that if you have too many tools, sometimes when you put the pieces together with the new players, they all think like, oh, you know, I could do this thing. I've done it before, but they don't know how to work together with those compositions, which is why I think it's very savvy what Gen G has been doing, because a lot of people complain, oh, I don't want to just see Canyon on like fucking Rel and Sejuani and Maokai every game, but they're actually just laying the foundation of a formula that works for them. And I think you have to be a strong coach in that scenario to say like, look, we know you guys can do more, but we need to kind of go back to basics and play things out in a kind of formulaic or systemic way at the start so that we can, you know, improvise and, and build in more variants later on. And frankly, mm -hmm. this Cloud9 team should be good enough to win just kind of playing one style in the LCS. Like the, the talent is there for sure. I mean, I mean, it doesn't even need to be just one style. It's just that people have to know what their role on the team is. Like you don't sure. all have to have the same exact role every single time. And like you can play comps where like you're playing carry mid laners you're playing carry mid laners and carry 80 carries but your comp can function in different ways sometimes it's poke sometimes it's engaged sometimes it's ball front to back like you can have different identities um but the players don't have similar roles and you look at last year's jdg and most people think oh the reason why 369 plays like tanks and weak side every game is because that's all he can fucking do no it's not i mean you're literally looking at him right now play like nar play play for winning lane play nar play rumble like he can play everything he started as a carry player this guy was a, a like gp main this was his main thing even the, the year previously um with jdg when he was on jdg in, in 2022 he, he like he was pulling out gangplank at, at key points the main thing is that like your team is going to operate 
with people that have similar roles and that's going to be the best way for your team to actually succeed and you just don't see this on cloud nine i mean it's not like you have to play the same exact role every single game that's not what i'm saying but it's like the majority of the time you should be having a similar role at least at the start so that you know what's good and especially on a patch most people have a similar identity for how the game should be played right now because there's so many neutralizing champions top like asante and udir mainly most people are playing the best teams in the world are playing strong bot 2v2s the draft is completely about varus ash combo lucian milios or lucian nami combo and Callista renata like there's some fringe like areas where you can draft in maybe a draven or you can counter pick whatever but though that's what the game revolves around right now because you're not able to get a consistent advantage top playing carry top laners because divine thunder doesn't exist anymore in the game so if you try to play like jackson to Cassante, it's very hard to actually make that have more presence in the game or more like pressure in the game than a bot lane that's really really far ahead so what do people do they play these bot lane combos that are really strong they invade bot lane they, they like have their jungler invade bot the, side. Cra the crazy level ones too where people yeah, just they have like, like strong level ones out. and then they just try to pressure the enemy under the turret whether that's diving the enemy or forcing them to miss cs or trying to make them miss waves like they play around this early game uh consistently and you just see like c9 just draft random things and play randomly every single time i mean it's, just, it's the main problem that i have with lec and lcs is it doesn't feel like they have set plays that they're willing to go to every game it's just kind of like they're they're figuring it out as things go like the best teams like when i look at g2 last year i thought they actually were really good at these set plays um in winter season they were really good at like diving bot playing strong bot 2v2s and and figuring out like how to snowball through bot ever since people started banning draven and Callista, we don't see it as much from them um and that's part of the reason why i think lec is weaker now is you don't have a team that actually has a bunch of set plays Probably the team with the best set plays in the entire West right now is Mad Lions. They're one of the only teams that I feel like they can consistently pick like bot lane, like strong bot lane and actually make an advantage happen. It's not like an every game type of thing, but at least they have some type of identity there with what they're trying to do. Um, and I just wish that Cloud9 tried to replicate a similar identity. I think when I think of this Cloud9 team and just what you both were saying, it reminds me very much of the Team Liquid squad the super team there it was where are you putting the resources for this team is it in bjergsen is it in Bwipo? was that santorin uh as the jungler for that team as well as like santorin was being pulled in multiple different directions on where do we put the resources <clears throat> this is a squad that just needs to figure out where they want to play and it is you you've both laid out multiple different examples of teams that can do that so uh i started it off with uh, hey, this is a Mythy problem, but you both identify, or a Mythy's on the hot seat, but both of you have identified a lot of gameplay things as well. Cloud9 fans, what's going on? Talk to us. You've had a lot of success. Now, where are the issues lie? Do you think this is a Mythy thing? Do you think this is a coach's thing as Monty was kind of pushing for it? Do you think this is a, uh, NA's finally got Berserker. It took a little while, but he got a case of the NA. Uh, is it a super team thing? Uh, let us know in the comments because, uh, you know, they've got half a split to kind of figure it out. And they're always paying attention. We like to have those conversations. Uh, also, just to throw this one in there, uh, NRG as well, having some issues. Uh, they also dropped a ton of games this week, uh, this weekend, and haven't looked good. And speaking of set plays, the bot lane dives 
uh, were, were just horrendous and just gave the lead on over to the opposing teams and they're able to win. So it's just, it's not just cloud nine NRG having some issues as well. Quick thoughts about them before we move on to the uh, uh, next segment here, Monty. I, I mean, I was never that high on this team in the first place. I was never that high on them last year. I think that they won a title because MNS was extremely lackluster. And I think, <laughs> and I think that they had the best game. I think contracts had the best game of his entire fucking life on the day that he needed to have the best game of his entire fucking life. I mean, I don't think any, he, he kind think... of had the best day of his life at, at worlds as well. He's kind of just no, a that's goat what I'm now. saying. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, thought you meant, I thought you meant like no, at, at, in finals. No, finals no, he was really no. good as well. Yeah, that's true. But no, I mean, in, it when they beat G2, right? And oh. G2 was obviously super underwhelming on that day. And yes, they peaked super high. Uh, and they deserved, obviously, they they crushed G2. It was it was an astounding performance. Yeah, but it was embarrassing. Game... Like, if you're European, like, you should be embarrassed that, that you had to watch <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. You should be That's ashamed of yourself. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. But in, in the same way, I didn't believe that DRX was going to continue being the best team in the mm. world or that Zeka was going to continue having that level after they won the world championship. I don't think that what energy did with the average level of those players is sustainable over the long term. These players are known. They didn't just magically hit a new level. Zeka didn't magically hit a new permanent level, guys. It's not a fucking video game where you like level up and then you just stay there forever. You regress to the mean. Okay, we know. We know who That's these not guys how it works, are. Monty. How it works is <laughs> when you come in as a rookie. That's the worst you'll ever be. And then you'll ah, just slowly okay. improve from that rookie spot every single year until like until you get too old and then you become washed up and then it's all downhill from that point. That's how that's okay. how League of Legends oh, works. Unironically, okay. in these <laughs> stupid fucking fans' minds. This is actually how people think. <laughs> uh, fans, crazy, in case man. you didn't know, he, he was kidding. That's not how it works. So <laughs> and, and by the way, if you guys if you guys have seen Zeka recently. You thought he was a Gyarados at Worlds, but he's actually just back to Magikarp now. I don't know if you've watched his Corky play. That is, that is some fucking Magikarp Corky play. <laughs> uh, he and Saken making Corky look balanced. <laughs> I mean, Saken doesn't know where to put Sand Soldiers. He actually is incapable of clicking them into a choke point at an objective. So <laughs> it's incredible. It's honestly incredible to watch him play his ear. Yeah, that is... Yeah, all right, yeah. I'll just leave it to the KC fans. I'll leave it to the KC fans and let us know how they feel. But it just, uh, yeah, okay, okay. Uh, no, this feels like a case of management just getting in the way. If we can make fun of Sagan, my game knowledge is not great. My historical knowledge, okay, but game knowledge not great. You can see Sagan struggling. Let's fire the coach. Okay, all right. I think NRG NRG is a fine team, but there is a problem with LCS when they are the best team in LCS, in my opinion. And also, I think to LCS's credit, LCS is actually a much better to watch this year. I do want to put that out there that this year I have enjoyed watching LCS significantly I can, more. I like it more than, than, than LCS. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Straight up, like there's so many teams in LEC that I just hate watching. Like rogue games actually make me want to end my life in game, but not in game at all. Like they actually make me want to kill myself. Like they are so fucking bad. Like I, I just, it, it's just torture watching them just do nothing and lose constantly. 
So, I mean, LCS games, I, I don't actually mind that much when NRG is the best team, which, I mean, obviously, like, right now, FlyQuest looks like the best team. I don't mind it that much because I feel like they actually play all phases of the game decently besides for like sometimes they like throw mid to late game but they have like pretty good early game i think their laning is pretty good and they play together well their synergy is good which is what i appreciate in, in in them as a team similar to like bds i feel like bds is more than the sum of their parts uh for yes, similar reasons absolutely. they have good synergy but they like they they just lack in a different different area but yeah i mean when when nrg is the best team in the league it, it doesn't feel like great because you could see these players just showing up and getting shit on like super hard individually just being outclassed like you never really want to be like dokla palafox and fbi they are gonna beat zeus faker and gumayushi <laughs> like, like, like you don't want to be like all right elk elk knight and 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 fucking din are going against dokla like, it's it doesn't sound good but i mean it's it's the best we have maybe i i i i will push back on Palafox, I feel like he, he he's made me into a believer of his growth and his ability to step up. Because that was always my fear with with Palafox, and when we had the opportunity to sign him, was like, can he step up? And he has. So I, I think they're hitting a rough patch. But the Douglas, the one v one Douglas sniper thing was not great. Douglas had it tough, but Douglas been grinding out the mo uh, according to. Uh, not NRG's manager's count, a different general manager's count. Jokla's played the most solo queue and has grinded out the most games. So his work ethic is what you want out of a player. So I feel like they can work through it. And it was just a week ago when Contracts and the rest of NRG were the ones walking inspired around the map. Again, the best team in the LCS right now because of how well they played on the bot, uh, the bot lane. So... Whoa, it's whoa, crazy whoa, how things change. Whoa, 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 Is that the narrative we're going with here on that game, D-God? Isn't that what happened? Contracts forced, inspired to constantly be down, like covering the dives on the bottom side of the map because of what happened on the bottom side of the map with who he and FBI. In that I game. I think inspired doesn't get to play that game. Yes, that's okay. Here's, here's what, here's what I think. Play. I think Asu and Busio. I think the Zoomers through that game and Inspired had to go do triage in their lane at level two. And yeah. they, the bot lane lost the game for FlyQuest because they are big rookie noobs. That's what I think. <laughs> right, right. But you have like, wouldn't, if there's an MVP on that roster, wouldn't it be Inspired? Whippo? Inspired of Whippo. And like he got straight neutralized because of the bot lane. And what I'm saying because is, NRG was a good guy. He rolled by his own bot lane. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't get to do anything. That's just jungle. Imagine, here, here. Let me, let me, let me, let me put this in a different way. Yeah. So you know, Inspired did not get to go on other emergency calls because his friend shot himself in the leg in the bot lane, and then he had to go save him from bleeding out wasn't a great yep. use of inspired time it was a self-inflicted wound <laughs> that didn't need to exist like did masu and busio have to do that they they make whoopsies that, that bot lane like they're fun to watch but like what the fuck was going on in that dignitas game that they were playing this <laughs> this this duo does make does make the oops moments they'll get better i mean i don't blame them they're they're young players and I actually do have a lot of confidence that they will improve, especially Masu. But there have been some hilariously like 
rookie moments, and that that was what they ruined the whole fucking game. They, I mean, they ruined the game. If I was inspired, I would be so mad. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, is probably used to getting yelled at by a veteran player, you know. So it probably all works out. Imagine as a jungler, if you're like at, you just like do blue buff. And then you just see your bot lane just completely sprinting it down, and you have to go down. Like that is infuriating. Well, uh, well Monty. Now, what did you think about this? I'm curious. I mean, it, it was just—I don't know, bro. Like it—it it was just tough to watch. Like, I'm—I'm I'm, look in general. I think in general, the way that I view like LCS right now is like because you have a lot of like new players things are going to be a little bit random sometimes. So you just have to accept that and just realize that it's better to have this happen than have the opposite happen where everyone just kind of AFKs and then just like no one like really shits on anyone. And then it just becomes a standoff at an objective fight. And then Cloud9 ends up winning because they're better at objectives. Like I'd rather just have this type of, of situation that we're in right now where you know, sometimes people run it the fuck down mercilessly and sometimes they just smurf really hard. Like that type of limit testing or whatever you want to call it, I think will improve LCS over time. Uh, well, speaking of rookies, Monty, great job leading us here. That gets us to our next segment of today's show. It's high key, low key, no key. And speaking about legit rookies, we got rookies all over the world in some pretty high profile positions and being forced to sink or swim. So let's get into it. Our high key, low key, no key views on top rookies. Uh, Before we start the segment, one more, more quick thing on LCS. I, I, I don't know fully what Mark, Mark, Mark Z does a really good job of uh, accepting blame when it's you know when it's his fault and Uh and 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 not taking credit when he probably could mark is very selfless that way and i i give him credit for that but now i'm not 100 percent sure what he can and can't touch or what he can and can't fix so this one's to mark z can we please please get aisles and xu into the rookie faction of players because XU playing a couple of games on Dignitas and Isles playing a couple of games during lock-in in 2021 for like Cloud9 should not make them considered rookies because they weren't eligible for rookie of the season or rookie of the year that year because they didn't play enough games. So if they weren't eligible to be rookie of the year, the year they were considered rookies now, then they should be considered rookies now. That's not fair. They won't. They won't win it anyway. Don't. Worry I know, but they should. They should be in the conversation. <laughs> I told XD. I told Lawrence that he. I would do this for him because he's like. I feel like I got gypped by Riot. What? I wasn't rookie then, but now I'm not a rookie. Okay, that's that's whack. So there it is. There's my plea to the commissioner. Give these young Dignitas boys an opportunity to play on the level of the playing field wherever they're at. Because uh, Dignitas is... I, I appreciate that sentiment. I didn't actually realize that. But yeah, yeah I think they're... they're uh, All right, straight up. They're, they're, they're just getting shelved in the no-key. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, uh, XU, X, I'm hoping XU can, can, can turn around. And the game that I cast, Isles, it was an easier game for him. Isles had some very big uh, uh, hostile takeovers on the Renata and making it pretty easy for Toma to play. So... That's what I like to see out of rookie, though. When you're set up for success, can you show up? 
other than that, Isles has had it a little rough. He has a good mentality. He's a good guy, but we'll, we'll see what happens. They're both good guys. We'll see what happens. We'll put him in the no key for now. Uh, let's start with other no keys rookies from around the world, whether it's LEC, LCS. When you think of a rookie that's been put in a spot, who are ones that are struggling? Uh, Monty, you went with those two. Anyone else that comes to mind with our no key? Rookie? Oh, I got, I got one. I, are, okay. are you ready? Is this ice? Is this ice? Are you going after I'm ice? Who are you going Scally. after? Friscali. I am so like bored of Friscali. Like I just can't imagine this guy being an insane top tier mid laner in, in, in Europe. Like Jackie's, I at least have some, like I see something there where I'm like, this guy could, this guy is something special. Like this guy could be something special. Maybe Friscali just seems so boring to me, man. He's just no key for me. I mean that team is all relatively young, right? Isn't aren't aren't all of them rookie rookies to the LEC? No, I mean they're they're not young. It's just that like the, the difference is in LEC you can come in, you're like 24 years old, and they'll be like, he's so young, give him time. In like LPL, the the kid comes in, he's like 17, he he like misplays once, and they're like, kill him, kill him, get him <laughs> off the fucking stage, like fuck this guy, he's shit, he's shit, he's washed. Like that that's how that's the difference. At least in my chat, that's how it looks. <laughs> All right. Well, I tried to protect you, Mad Lion fans. Uh, yeah. Let me. Let me go. Let me actually go. Let me. Let me see. Okay. You ready, Digon, for the for the ages of the players? Well, isn't Merwin? Mm -hmm. Merwin looks a little bit older, right? Is he the youngest? No, no. One? He's he's actually one of the younger players of the team. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So Merwin is twenty, right? Okay. Frascawi, uh -huh. who's debuting right now, is twenty-four. Oh, which like I mean, yeah, he's twenty-four. Supa is twenty-three. And Alvaro is 20. So it's like you have two 20-year-olds, a 23, and a 24. But, like, no, I don't know. No for Scali, I just don't, I don't believe in him, man. I don't know. I don't believe in him. Also, like, he's been in ERLs forever, and it's very rare that you're just in ERLs for, like, seven years, and then you make it into LEC, and you have some massive breakthrough. Especially when you look at the way he plays, he just doesn't look like he's extremely mechanically talented. So it feels like maybe the best he could be is, like, an okay control mage player. And, and the reason why the people generally want players while they're younger is because it's a lot easier to shape their habits and make them coachable at a younger age. Because you, you guys have to remember that a lot of League of Legends players didn't receive coaching in esports from the time they were seven years old, like you would in traditional sports if you're reaching the professional level. And so it becomes very difficult to change ingrained habits and to get them to listen to structure at that point in time. I, I promise you guys right now, just from the team owners and everybody I talk to, nobody wants a 24-year-old rookie. Nobody wants that. That's why nobody wants collegiate players in North America. You want them, like, basically when they're eligible for the league. You can also typically tell somebody's talent pretty well by the time they're 17 or 18 years old and if they're ever going to be actually you know have the mechanical ability to play at a top level yeah i think the main thing is it's not actually about the age like the age essentially to me is just how long have you been competing if you've been competing for seven years you're going to be very stuck in your habits it's not that like if he was 24 and he just started like he was just some guy who's like playing solo queue is really good he, you know he's always at the top of the ladder and then last year he like he's like oh no whatever i'm gonna go to college and then one year out of college he's like okay i'm gonna like try to be a pro and he's only been coached for one year he started in 2023 and then 2024 rolls around and he's in lec that would give me like i don't actually care about the age i care about 
like how set you are in your ways. It's very hard to be a mid laner, have coaching, have been, you've been coached for seven years and you're just going to be completely shaped to a new level of LEC. It's very hard to like make that breakthrough when you have so much coming with you. Damn, this is, I feel like this, uh, my brain went to like making a new segment called, um, actually, and just kind of like <laughs> rifling off all these old players that have kind of popped off and changed. Look at the uh, Golden Guardians roster. Uh, Stixie came back and played really oh. well. Tom. <laughs> he's not a rookie. That's, that's just not. Yeah, he's not no. a rookie. He's not a rookie. He's had seven like, years of playing, but yeah, I understand. Like what? What, what player? What player has came into the league, had their first year at like 24, 25 in LPL, LEC, LCS, LCK, had their first year of competition be like at the age of twenty four and twenty five, and went on to be a top player in that region? I have no. Idea. I don't think it's ever happened. I don't think it's that literally ever happened. Because the I'm amount of time to... you need to play this game is like, it's only possible to play that much when you're a kid, pretty much. Like, if you have a real yeah. job, you can't be playing 12, 13 hours a day and yep. become a pro. I, you know, this is something that I never really logged. Like, new players in the LCS and their age. You know, it was like, okay, this is a new player. He's, he's older. I don't think I've ever thought of that. I've always assumed new player equals younger. So I'm trying to remember old players in the LCS. And all I'm thinking about is maybe I'm being a little bit uh, uh, biased on how they look. I'd be like, hey, this guy looks old, you know? And and actually, they were actually young when they started like, uh, I'm going to throw a name out. I, I like him as a person. Oh, Hakuho looks old. You know, I have no idea how old he was when he started. So I, I wouldn't really know on that one. And in the Friscawi conversation, I looked down in the LVP to see specifically for Mad Lions Koi, uh, were there any young, uh, up and coming Spanish mid laners that they can slap on there? And there's there's only three, two. There's three, and two of them are on the same team. It's Javier for Casa Esports and uh, Arvin and Mini Duke for Zeta. Everyone else, no Spanish mid laner. So uh, the dreams for the Hasn't that guy been probably. around forever? I swear I've seen that name for like a yes. long time. I've seen Mini Duke's name around before. Oh he... my God, he's been competing since 2014. Yeah, he would be a young. I don't. Did he ever make it to LEC? Nope. Nope. So there you go. There's your uh, old young rookie right there. They, they have his age hidden for uh, historical purposes, but he was competing since 2014. <laughs> Uh, all right, so those are our early no's. What, who are, are some low-key, low-key excited rookies that maybe would be able to pop off and get us thinking, okay, rookie of the year candidates a la Pays uh, last year? All right, well, low-key, I think, perfect, probably over on KT. He's had some tragic laning phases, but he's also been left out to dry and playing, oh, yeah. like, hyper weak side because Pioshik is constantly just bot lane trying to help his buddy Deft 24-7. Uh, and, you know, what gives me hope for perfect is that he's actually mentally bounced back in a lot of games like if he takes a bad loss then he he comes back the next game and he shakes it off instantly and has had some very strong even carry performances after some losses he also does very well at figuring out his role in team fights when he has no resources right when he is getting beat down he still is able to use his brain to find ways to make himself useful to the rest of the team and ensure oftentimes that the strong side of the map Deft is carrying that game. So I don't think KT is a good team. I think KT is entirely fraudulent. But <laughs> in, 
in this situation, I think Perfect has done pretty well, like not as well as some of the other rookies uh, in LCK, but pretty well. And that's, that's, you know, that's, that's nice to see. That's nice to see for him. Dom, you got a low key? Um, yeah, I, I would say I'm low key excited for, I guess, like Castle, like Castle and Mask. Oh. Like, even though I thought that they were going to be shit coming in because of our track record. Like they've been okay. <laughs> the they've been... Track we did shit on them during the preseason. Be like, who the fuck are these guys, and why do you keep signing these these players yeah. that we've never heard of? I mean, I don't yeah. like it, yeah, yeah. but I'm like low key excited. I mean, they're better than I expected. I mean, I I actually watched Mask play. I knew nothing about Castle, but I had watched Mask play. Um, and he was like very forgettable to me when when I watched. Uh, I think it was UOL Sexy Edition was the team that he was on. That is um, the before. name of the team. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think I think they're they're doing they're doing all right. I'm low key excited. I mean, I'm ready to just turn on them the second that they if they start running it down, I'm gonna be like, we killed Licorice for this. We ended Revenge's career for this. Like, I'm I'll be I'll be instantly flaming them. But for right now, we're okay. I see Dom, a fair and just god, just very very punishing, uh, and always thinking of the guys that got left out. Um, I think for me, give me give me the. <laughs> Here's here's our example that we were talking about, uh, Davante. Give me the guy of my mom's new favorite team. When I showed her all the logos of the LCK squads, I was like, "Mom, pick a logo that you like." She's like, "Oh, the one with wings." That's right. My mom is a Kwangdong Freaks fan. Give I mean, me Bull on the bottom side of the map, <laughs> exactly. man. Bull is a guy that has toiled for a long time in Challengers and Academy. He's 20 years old. He didn't look good in challengers. He gets inserted in this Kwangdong lineup, Kwangdong Freaks lineup, and he, he's making CV Max look like a genius. He's not afraid of posing after they win, which, you know, you're supposed to be like very humble and just do the nod, maybe do a nice pose. He's flipping his hair. He's talking to the other team. This is what I want out of a rookie. And he's showing that the old guy still got it. So give me Bull. Uh, I, I, you know, they're Kwangdong Freaks. So I'm not sure how high they're going to be, but he's fun. I mean, Kwangdong is actually a pretty good team right now, if we're being honest. Like, they're one of the better teams in the LCK. You can't just pick up wins against KT and D-plus and be like, oh, these guys suck. You know what I mean? Like, they yeah. don't. Um, are they still a little bit weak in the mid, in the, you know, in the mid lane? Do they have some overextensions that get them killed in the late game? Yes, they do. I mean, they, they're not flawless. But Cuz is having a great season, and Bull is is really refreshing on this roster. I think Bull is very exciting because he's so aggressive. He gets himself killed sometimes, but I like the fact that he wants to make the plays, and he uh, has no fear for a guy who just came on stage and in his first match caused a huge upset when he was playing against Deft, one of, if not the most legendary AD carry of all time in the bot lane, and he clapped him. Like, he clapped him. Like, he's like, okay, you're going to take my Draven away? I clap you. And he hasn't really been even, you know, he he was known for playing his Draven, but he's shown that he can play all of the meta champions, including Senna, to a degree of proficiency, and he's been really good. And Taeyun was the biggest problem on that roster. Now that is solved, and Kwangdong look quite cohesive, I would say. Yeah, now it's the hot and cold nature of Bulldog. But, uh, you know, you've got a steady bull on the bottom side of the map. God, that is crazy. I'm looking at his... Uh... Uh, Leaguepedia. He's been with Afrika for almost three years. May 2021. Yeah, you, I'm just going to put That's this out there. such you, a long you, time. You say it makes CV Max look like a genius. 
I say I had to watch a year and change of Taeyun and CV Max not realizing that if he puts this guy on stage, he's going to pop off. So, well, I mean, <laughs> to be fair, it, you know, Cuz is playing insanely well as well on that team. Cuz is really Cuz, good right now. Cuz is the main reason why they're playing well. But Bull <laughs> has been a really cool underlying story. So that's my low key. Let's move to high key. All right. The rookie that is in uh, the, the talks of like being being legit. Let's uh, who, who wants to go first for this one? Lucid, obviously, I think is is the one on this on a D plus roster that's been struggling that still has no mid or late game shot calling. We can't expect the rookie to be macroing his team. But as far as Lucid, especially his tank play, if you look at his rel play or a Sejuani play, uh, this guy is incredibly good at team fighting on tanks. Um, he is, I, he is far better than most of his teammates at team fighting who have had years of experience. He's bailing them out in a lot of these fights. Like he is, he is, he has had some early game mishaps, understandable for a new, a new jungler. But I think there is so much upside to this guy. He looks, he looks really solid. And especially with somebody who's trying to fill Canyon's shoes for D plus fans. I think you should be really happy with this. Lots of flaws in that team. I don't think he's one of them. Um, I've got two. One, I'll give a shout out to Alvaro. I think this guy has been insane in um, LEC. Like, he just looks really good every single game. He had one bad recon game, so I guess recently, you know, he's had one bad recon game. But besides for that, I feel like he's been pretty much insane. So I think Alvaro is, I'm high-key excited about Alvaro, and I'm high-key excited about 1XN. Who, like, yeah. I don't know if you consider him a rookie. He played, like, half a split last year in LPL. To me, that's a rookie. Like, I view rookie as, like, this is your first full year. Like, so if you started in summer of last year, I consider you a rookie until summer of the next year. That's how I view it. That's my definition of rookie. Yeah. I, now, I, saw, I saw that first win against year. LNG, and he was really fun to watch. I mean, he's he getting really griefed by watch. everyone now. I mean, Beichuan <laughs> belongs in prison in-game for what he's done. But, um... <laughs> But, but one XN is actually a fucking beast. This guy's legit. Uh, I'll, you know, I'll also throw in Haiki, like Masu. Like Masu has looked really good mechanically. And there have been incidents, spot lane incidents, but he's a rookie. That guy shit on me yesterday. Him. He dropped 24 kills on Draven in my solo queue game. This motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm no key excited about him after that. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i mean he looks he looks incredibly legit especially for an na player uh i don't think we have seen probably an na player with this level of talent since danny um and aware i, I think I, 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 yes <laughs> i think he might be i think mechanically he might be better than danny too like he looks really really good um if he can i i kind of am sad that he's in a lane with Busio in some ways, because with a more veteran oh. support to like rein him in. But part of the fun of that team is like the old men with the Zoomer bot lane. Like it's part of why it's funny to watch them or like uh, entertaining to watch them. So I'm still kind of into it. And I'm I'm very curious to see how they will be by the end of this year. Yeah, I, I, I want to push that sentiment back just a little bit here because I think Busio, Busio gained so much knowledge last year from being with Bjergsen, from being with Doublelift, and having it not end the way that really you think you gain knowledge, knowledge from what do you learn how about about what a walkout is? <laughs> guys, <laughs> guys, guys, 
<laughs> that's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> I'm a product of being successful after being at one of the most not successful and dysfunctional places. So just want to throw that one out there, right? I think Busio can learn what not to do. And I think <laughs> now he's got a team full of people and a. I mean, I think I think Masu is like better than Doublelift. Like, uh, like I think Masu is better right now than Doublelift was last year. I, I like. I mean, yeah, I think Doublelift. Uh, what Doublelift sat like six, fifth, six, six, seventh, like for for the most of the time. And I think we could say Masu is like fourth. Masu's good, dude. Like this guy is fucking cracked. Like he's been cracked for a while. He just needed an opportunity. He's got the opportunity. He's gonna be insane. Um, he's gonna be really. Great. He's gonna be the best AD carry in LCS at a point. I think. <laughs> yeah. Is this so a you're also high key on him. You're you're going you're going hard on him. Yeah, I'm I'm high I'm high key on Masu, yeah. Yeah. And I, I only throw the Johnson call out because Dom was right on Johnson. His rookie year, he was really good. And then afterwards he nope. kind of teetered, teetered a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think he would be the best ball. in the LCS. I thought he'd be good in the LCS. He was. He was. He was. Yeah, he was very good that year. Um, golly, now that we're digging into all the rookies, you put me on Alvaro on one of your VODs, Dom. So uh keeping an eye on him was was really good. Uh I think you have to look at perfect because he's on such a high profile roster. And like you said, not sitting at the cool, uh, the mean girls table with the DRX bot lane and jungler, the former DRX bot lane jungler uh, and not getting any resources. But for me, I think it has to be the prodigy, man. He's been taking it head on. Give me sniper, dude. Like I was really excited I'm about excited about sniper as well. I'm hiking excited about a lot of rookies to be honest. Yeah. Like... I, I was excited about Meech. And because I was like, damn, they are, he's not in a position where he can do anything, but he's still dishing out a decent amount of damage. But uh, this past weekend has been a lot of fun watching Sniper play and make mistakes and and be, be what you want out of a rookie. Be brash. Go take those one-on-ones and go win. And he's been able to do that. And talking to the general manager, uh, Jungle Juice, he was like, this kid is so dumb. Like his hands are so good, but he is so dumb, which means we have so much more hype to go with him. And you see it in his gameplay, getting to talk to him. You hear it in his preparation and the way that he's taken feedback. So Sniper to me feels like the way that we wish all rookies could be. Great hands, good mentality, been in the system since he was 15 and now getting the opportunity on stage. And the only person he's really lost a 1v1 to is Whippo based off of one auto attack. So that to me is like, that's, that's what all coaches from, uh, you know, uh, Reaper when he was like, give me a dumb kid with great hands and I'll teach him how to play. That's what you want out of him. So it's, it's been a lot of fun watching, uh, watching him. But as, as we've all touched on a lot of great rookies all around league of legends this year. So it's been a lot of fun, uh, very refreshing. Monty, it looks like you, you're, you're thinking here. No, it's good. That's good. All right, uh, for you guys at home, as always, let us know who your favorite rookies are. I'm pretty sure we touched on all of them. We gave the shout outs to the Immortals boys, to uh, the 100 Thieves boys, uh, yeah, 100 Thieves boys, Masu, the ineligible Dignitas guys, some around LCK, LEC, and LPL. So let us know in the comments below who you are excited for at rookies. Um, Next up, it's time for me to cash in. You know what? This this episode has been about me. And it's time for us to cash <laughs> in, Monty. We were ridiculed. We had interview rights taken away. But you know what? I'll laugh 
all the way to the bank because we're time. It's time for long shots where we take a look at some of the longest shot bids that we can get from our friends over at Esports Bet and uh, place a, a a prayer or two. And those prayers got answered pretty quick. Let's get into it. Yeah. Long shots. All right, Monty, go ahead. Tell, tell me how. Tell me how smart Dom and I are. <laughs> Uh, so you guys uh, both hit on your long shot. So to be clear, Degon's was just picked predicting mm. Immortals over Cloud Nine, mm. and yes. he mm. was he was about Immortals five to one. You are four point what eight to one mm. on that one, Degon. Indeed, yes. Mm. Uh, yes. And Dom Dom parlayed all of the LEC results, picking the favorite in every match except for the Vitality uh, the Vitality upset. And he got 5.5 odds, guys. Oh, my God. I'm rich. <laughs> so uh, very nicely done. Uh, both of you with massive returns. Uh, we were we were up, what, like, you know, 1,700 last week. We'll go bigger this week. We'll go with the 1,000 bets. But uh, that was surprisingly good for oh, So we're just going to lose it all? Lose all the money that I just made on this parlay? I'm just going to instantly lose it no. having to do another long shot? Okay. No. You're going to make it back, obviously, Dom. Ah, obviously. On long shot bets. Okay. <laughs> Surely. Obviously. But, uh, predicting all four <laughs> quarterfinals, uh, you know, very good. So there you go. Very nicely done. Um, just for this upcoming week, guys, by the way, there is a special promotion over at Esports Bets, and that is the Chinese New Year promotion. If you go over to the promotions tab, uh, anybody, whether you're an existing user or a new user, you get $100 USDT. If you if you deposit $100 USDT, you get an extra $100 USDT, 100,000 esports coins, to uh, which can be used to uh, kind of place predictions for free if you like, and then you can transfer those into other cryptocurrencies later on. And you get one risk-free bonus quota up to $50 USDT on any LOL Spring Tier 1 game. Tier 1, of course, being Major Region. Right, guys? So um, if you want to use that, go ahead and contact their customer support. You can check that out. And it's a it's a good deal. So it'll be on your first bet, I believe, after you redeem. Uh, that'll be the $50 uh, risk-free bet. So pretty good. Anyway, do we have any, any long shots <laughs> this week that you guys want to take? We only have LCS and LEC because everything else is off. Lunar New Year, baby. Uh, Dom, you go first. I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> All right, I'm looking to. Let's see. All right, so I will go for another parlay. We're going to go for another parlay. I'm going to go. Oh, man, this is going to be mentally ill. I'm going to go Heretics win. Wait, Heretics is favorites? <laughs> Wait, what? Like those yes. names on the roster. How could they lose? They, they are. They are. Actually Wait, hold on. Maybe I'm not going to take that. Delete that. Delete that shit. What the fuck? <laughs> How the hell? What? That makes no sense. This team is terrible. Um, I will go Giants win over Mad Koi just because I have a feeling that it's going right. to be absolutely hilarious. And then give me 100 Thieves over TL again. Parlay together. All what right. is that? What are the odds? 5.3. That's right. My, yeah, perfect. Let's perfect. Do that. <laughs> Nailed it. I did the uh, the three Shopify's. Uh, I I predicted the Shopify switch sweep over Super Week, which did have thirteen point odds. So I parlayed that last time. <laughs> I, I 
I, I did not get that, guys. I, however, they did beat NRG, so they beat the hardest team, but couldn't actually come away with any other wins. However, if we're going to go for this, I'm going I'm to pull the D-Gun and do Immortals over FlyQuest because we believe, right, D-Gun? We believe? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that one. <laughs> I, I was looking at it. And I was like, ah, right, I think I, my you know, scrim bucks ran out here. <laughs> the scrim bucks ran out? It can't yeah. be the scrim bucks running out. I, and then I will, I will also predict the continuing misery of Cloud Nine. So I'll parlay that with NRG over Cloud Nine, which uh, what that'll be over six odds should be. Uh, so NRG the uh, NRG over Cloud Nine and Immortals over FlyQuest. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh. For me, we're we're thinking we're thinking alike here, Monty. I think for me, it's give me energy over Cloud Nine. Uh, give me Immortals over Dignitas. I'm keeping it safe so far. Keeping it safe so far, and then we're, let me look at LEC real quick because I feel like these odds are not good enough. And then give me. Oh, Niski. Do we risk it on Niski and play off, play off Niski? It's not spring, so I don't know. Uh, give me... All right, French fans, give me your power. Give me BDS over G2. It's so bad, but, you know, maybe G2, like, drop it here, and then they're, you know, they come back with a vengeance and win later on. So there we go. What... It was uh, NRG over Cloud9. NRG over right. Cloud9. Immortals <laughs> over going with that one. <laughs> And BDS over G2. <laughs> the oh, BDS man. over G2 at the end is like the most hilarious one. Yeah, we these are long shots. You know? They are. It, You're oh, doing the 11 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. It's All right. Fucking long shot. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah. That's what it's supposed to be. You guys are like, yeah, I'm good at five odds. I, I tried the 13 one well. last week. I tried the 13. I got the, the <laughs> hardest Shopify. leg on Shopify. I believed. I believed. <laughs> yeah. All right. That was uh, pretty good fun. Um, so we'll see if they hit, but I'm just happy the Immortals on Scrim Bucks. <sighs> that was good. That was yep. good. Yep, yep, yep. I, no I can't believe coming. that that was uh, almost... Four, five odds in just a best of one that seems crazy that any bo1 in lcs could be have odds like that frankly yeah i probably won't anymore because the yeah, league yeah, yeah looks like it has so much parity but i mean coming into it i mean cloud nines looked like the best team by far right so i mean they came off of a loss of shop to shopify though That's yeah but i mean that was really easy to just chalk up as like oh they played vain sure. mid like sure very yeah i mean it didn't look like it was going to be anything like it. it ended up being this week um i had a point i'm sorry i forgot i brain farted all right well sorry we'll see thanks to our friends over at esports bet uh make sure you all at home you know uh you play responsibly and play within uh you uh look up your region's uh rules on uh esports gambling so there you go um all right with that said there's our long shots we'll check back on in to see if any of these hit Next up, we've got our Galaxy Brain Club uh, discussion. 
where we move to the east. Spent a lot of time in the west in the front part of the show. Now in the back half as we're starting to wrap up. Let's take a look at the state of the LPL as we head on in to the Lunar New Year and the Lunar New Year break for these teams to reset. All right, guys. Uh, Got to be honest here. I've been watching a lot, all the LCS as per usual, a lot of LCK, and then catching up on LEC. I have not seen a lot of LPL. So I, I will I will not fake and feign expertise this year in LPL. So I hand it on over to you. How's it been over there? Other than, as, as Thomas pointed out, Vikla has still not won a game, and it's been <laughs> almost back to spring, like, the spring finals was like almost the last time he won a game. So uh, fill me in on how things are going to the LPL. I mean, it's like the beginning of the season in LPL always is. So right now it's pretty much BLG looks like the best team. Top Esports probably looks like the second best team. Mm -hmm. um, JDG, LNG, they have like issues, but they'll probably end up being decent. Weibo's in that same boat. Um, NIP is, is, is in that same boat. And then you have like, the middle to bottom of the table, everyone can beat everyone. It is actually just a complete just RNG fest of whoever shows up on the day, which makes it so like every game is kind of hype and every game is watchable. Like what I was saying earlier was that EDG, the worst team in the league with one of the most historic organizations ever. RA, I can see Vikla fail. Like it just goes zero eight. It's hilarious. <laughs> Ultra Prime actually is made up of, in my opinion, three out of the five worst players in their role in the entire league, but they actually are somehow competing with other teams. Somehow like they've, they have the worst players on their team, but they, they somehow made them stronger. Uh, TT is, is a team I'm supporting. They're absolutely terrible. They're just, just a disgusting team to watch. Um, but yeah, uh, OMG, you know, they're, they're still the OMG boys. Actually they're playing better than, it, than you'd expect. And when you look at like just the, the rest of the teams, I mean, there's just every team is watchable. Um, this split a lot of the the teams are really bad historically like anyone's legend we they brought in hype players into the roster so there's there's a little bit more um yeah just hype on those organizations and it just makes the entire league watchable it's pretty much every single day i look at lpl and i'm like oh i kind of want to watch this match and it, it's important to remember too that the current standings uh, strength of schedule plays a huge factor into the early parts of lpl so you look at lng and you're like oh they're two and three and yeah, they did get upset by Thunder Talk in their first match of the season. But at the same time, if you actually look at their schedule in the past like week and a half, they literally had to play Weibo, then a couple days later play JDG, and then a couple days later play BLG. And then after the break, they play Top Esports and, and then NIP. It's yeah. fucking insane. So like there is a be, world like where like LNG is like three and five, but the, the, the second half of their round Robin is like ridiculously soft. Um, so they're, they're not as bad as their record would have you believe, but they still have sig significant. I am sad watching them as somebody who really enjoyed LNG last year because they they just haven't had the same identity like without Tarzan on this roster it feels like clearly they they lack the center like you don't have the scout the fun scouts Tarzan synergy anymore and Weiwei and Tarzan are just not on the same page in a lot of engages where you definitely would have felt that way about Tarzan in in previous in the previous year Mark has been hit or miss 
and they haven't had the late game macro. Like they haven't had all the good parts of LNG. So it's been kind of a struggle watching them, unfortunately. Where, where is Tarzan? Uh, he's not employed. Tarzan is a free agent? <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay. Right. I mean, the shy is not employed either. <laughs> he's too expensive. His his rate went up after you know it got inflated. Dude, I just I just want the shy to replace Kingen on D plus. That's what I want. I want that madness. <laughs> oh man, the shy! What a homecoming! Oh, that would be. He's never played in Korea, right? It would be very interesting. Having to leave to come back. Having to leave uh, to make your name to come back. Yeah, good luck. You're about to see some shit. If you're the shy fan from Korea, you don't really watch LPL. If you see a full split of the shy, you're about to see some crazy shit. It's I know. Be. That's what that's why I want it. Because look, Insane. it would it would make D plus more entertaining. <laughs> uh, people don't know about the Anivia top. They don't know about the Nidalee top and just getting fucking rolled like that. They don't know about the Kennen game. They're about to see some crazy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it, it would be very akin to like uh Khan, right? Khan Khan played in early OGN on was it the primes Monty like when he was under another name and then moved overseas and then played over there with my boy Mickey god damn and then <laughs> came back yeah so you know the shy coming back to uh Korea would be a yeah, pretty, but the, pretty shy, cool the shy had been in like Chinese academy system since he was a teenager so he literally just never played in Korea that's why it would be interesting golly um all right um well, okay. So with that said, sorry, I, I didn't mean to detract us back over the LCK or just talking about the shy and free agents here. Um, Dom, what does it require for a team when you look up, uh, we just went through that, the LNG kind of strength of schedule, a team in the middle of the pack, what does it require for them to beat a team at the top? In, in the middle of the pack, anyone can beat anyone, but the team at the tops uh, feel like there's that pretty organized structure of who the best teams are. Um. I mean, I feel like the pretty much everyone besides for BLG feels like they could be beatable if you catch them on the right day. I mean, Top Esports looks probably the best out of the the teams that are in that like mm -hmm. next tier. So if you're going to go like tier one is BLG, tier two is Weibo, NIP, JDG, uh, LNG, Top. They're probably the the, the best out of the, the, those teams, but all those teams, it feels like if they play bad enough on the day, they're not super clean. The thing about BLG is feels like the early game is too good and it's it's so easy for them to play because they've had the same roster essentially i mean they changed yagao for night but that doesn't really do much to change the way that your 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 game is being played their whole identity at this point is been playing weak side top um even even if he's like making plays i mean he is just weak side top they perma play through bot they yep. play for 3v3s they have really really strong 2v2 laning um on and elk can play everything and they're just probably the best at diving bot lane um and, and it's also good at they, this for a long period of time too they snowball so hard through bot lane too i mean that's what's crazy is that you still see should playing a lot of the carry champs that he's known for too but it's like once they start to get a, a lead in your in bot lane like Jun just lives in enemy bot side jungle and you know it's it's oppressive like they're very very clinical in the way they push advantages through bot it's, it's fun Chinese. to watch that's what I keep on telling people is they are like the most Chinese team you could ever imagine. They're just super, super Chinese. Do you feel like, so when we come to top esports, do you feel like 
obviously they made multiple moves uh your boy cream uh getting his opportunity there but 369 to me is the one that stands out how much do you think him moving on over there has elevated this squad and kind of hurt jdg i mean uh, i think that that jdg it it feels like the thing that's hurt JDG the most is actually going back from Knight to Yagao because Yagao has been pretty mediocre so far. Also, I think Ruler's playing worse than he was um, previously as well. But, I I mean, the main thing that I, I would say is that 369 is just completely free on top esports. Like, he can play pretty much everything. Um, so now he has the ability to play carry picks that he didn't play before. He's not the type of guy to play, like, like real, like, unique hyper carries the way zeus is where zeus will play yone for example if he if you pick like a blind aatrox into zeus zeus is going to look for for yone angles and things like that he's not that type of carry player but he will play things like aatrox nar rumble these types of carries um that are really like oppressive in in lane and he just knows how to win his lane versus good players with them so uh i think that that's the, the biggest thing for top esports is now 369 is completely unleashed um and it's more like it's more like TN's job to balance all three lanes as opposed to Kanavi does his own thing and 369 just plays weak side top. You never look at top ones. Golly. All right. I was just asking that based off of from what I remember from uh, last year and just, hey, JDG was the team to beat. They were so dominant. As you said, Ruler having a follow-up, but last year Ruler was one of the best AD carries in the world along with, what, Viper maybe, uh, Monty, but um cool to see again the chaos that happens over in the lpl where crazy is their game and anyone can beat anyone um any final thoughts here on the state of the lpl as they move to the lunar new year break dom or monty nope good all right there you have it lpl for you if you haven't like myself here's your primer to hop back on in and catch up while they're on break all right, let's move to closing it out here. Certified banger over in the uh, LPL, and it gives us a good opportunity to jump in and catch up. It's Weibo versus Top Esports. All right, Monty, you... <laughs> I was I was dropping off my parents at the airport today. Yeah, and while, this, while this happened driving. like right before <laughs> this happened right before we started this show. But I I think this game is especially game two of this series is just so hilarious. Like the level of for 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 every throw, you know, there must be some sort of aggressive play that is made in order to facilitate it. But honestly, if, I I know Dom mentioned it earlier, but a lot of people saw. 369 on JDG, like playing weak side last year and maybe not playing the most carry champions, but he has an absolute insanely hero rumble play, like a desperation rumble play when the enemy team in game two has Mountain Soul, gets a quadra on rumble in the bot lane, and then they immediately take Elder Dragon and Baron and manage to fight their way back into what seemed like an unlosable game for Weibo. So purely just on turnaround and entertainment value, game two of this series is worth it for you guys. It's worth it. Dom? Yeah, I, I really like game one as well. I think game one was a pretty clean snowball. The one thing that is... Uh, nice to see about top esports i think the biggest question mark i had coming into the season was how is mako gonna play because i think towards summer he ended up falling off a bit he wasn't playing as well as as we remember 
Um, and he's actually taken a lot of time to just like grind solo queue super hard again. So he was at the top of Korean solo queue. I think he like peaked rank three in Korean solo queue. Um, and he's known as being like the brain for a team. Like when EDG was the best macro team, the credit all went to Mako. And you can see when Mako's removed from EDG, the team doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. So um, this guy is playing really, really well. His lane phase is, is, is good now, um, where that was something where he was struggling uh, with previously. So like they're just pretty much strong in, in, in every single lane. And Tian's able to just do his job, which is, I mean, Tian is essentially Chinese peanut. This is the way I view this guy. Like he, he's not... <laughs> Super good mechanically, but he makes the right plays at the right time, and he has a good brain for the game. So he's normally pretty good within the context of LPL. Uh, and it's just nice to see this team play because it looks like it looks like they, like they actually enjoy playing with each other for, for right now. It seems like they all have like a, a decent synergy about them, um, and they have the ability to snowball games really hard, which, which I really like. Um, Mako was playing in Korean solo queue. Is that right? <laughs> Everyone plays in Korean solo queue. Yeah, but why would why would you play in Korean solo queue over the super server? Or, you know, the much larger player base in China. I thought that Korean solo queue is better. That's awesome. Did not know that. Uh, okay, well, thank you for those facts. And there's your certified banger of the week. Uh, in between Weibo and Top Esports, go watch both series. You'll get a kick out of it. Um, okay. There you have it. Another episode of Power Spike done and dusted, everyone. That was a hell of a week. And uh, now it'll slow down a little bit. Dom, what are you going to do now that uh, the matches will be taking a hiatus for the Lunar New Year celebration in the East? I'm just going to grind solo queue. That's it. <laughs> I have to say, it's been great seeing you. Because you always played, but you're grinding out games this year. Why, why so much this year compared to previous years? Um... Because I think that like, I think that if you just don't play on stream, even though I was playing a lot before, if you don't play on stream, I like I learned this during the Dante's Invitational. If like they don't actually see you competing with like current LCS players or like, like amateur players, whatever, if they if people can't see that you can that you have the ability to compete with players like that, I think that they just lose respect for you um, and like your opinion. So I think it's just a way to like show that it's like, hey, this is what I'm talking about. This I'm let me show you what I am talking about, like on streams and certain matchups, whatever. That's awesome. Still got it to prove it. On the very opposite side of the spectrum, Monty hasn't played league since 2014. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's close, actually. <laughs> uh very famously, Monty. Uh, and I remember there was a whole argument about this. You would you're you were uh, holding up the bear of like being like you don't have to be high ranked to be smart at the game, especially given how many matches you've seen, Monty. Well, I I just I think that because I was never mechanically good at the game, that you know being in solo queue is kind of a waste of my time when I could watch more professional games instead or talk to other people. Um, and like I've never been a deep mechanical expert ever at any point in my career that's never been my focus uh as an analyst so um you know i do what i can do and uh, i watch a fuck ton of league of legends and have been streaming it and i will continue although my streams because lck is now down too so i'll probably be streaming a little bit less and mostly i'll probably be spending more time on uh business stuff slash sleeping it's 2 a.m for me and i have a newborn so i will be getting up in a number of hours and be very tired tomorrow now <laughs> yeah 
Uh, and for me, you get the worst of both worlds. Not very mechanical, but streams a lot. So you can find me grinding solo queue. <laughs> this episode and probably a lot this week as well. Um, You're on the grind, Digon. I'm on the grind, dude. I'm grinding both of my accounts uh, to see how far down I can go in the ladder. It's been it's been brutal. I tweeted one out late game, Kaisa. I'm like 20 and four, and my grave sells all of his items and buys like five vamp scepters and the sprint the 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 swifties and just runs it i i don't know what happened yeah see i you know you know Degan, i could be spending my time with this instead of watching more professional league of legends but i choose just to watch more professional league of legends i choose to do both because <laughs> yeah. i'm mentally ill yeah. <laughs> well, you i'm got, literally you got... dedicating like i'm dedicating <laughs> I, I think i, I you're was, on the I grind to, man it's crazy i was telling it i think i'm dedicating close to like 350 hours a month to league of legends at this point in my life so We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I decided I was going to go all out this year. So You're doing we'll see it. what happens. Oh, I remember now. Remember when I had a brain fart and I was like, what, what did I forget? We're all uh, dumb. You can you can chime in on this. But right now, Monty and I are are looking at cloud nine, staring down a, a historic five game losing streak. Do you feel like it's going to continue that way? uh if it, i mean it's nrg so like it's one of the teams that has a better shot at beating them you have to say dumb yeah what do you yeah think? i mean it could definitely happen i just don't think that they're going to be like doomed doomed like i think that they no, can yeah it. i think that this is actually fight. kind of like good for a team like if, if they just stomped everyone i don't think that they would actually be forced to really well, like look just... in the mirror and find their problems they're they're individually talented enough. This isn't like a team liquid super team situation where Bjergsen was mega washed at that point in time. Like Jojo is still really good. Um, they'll figure it out. I, I have confidence that this team will figure it out. Yeah, you know, they'll, they'll figure it out. Just like FlyQuest at 0-6, you know, they'll figure it uh, out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Vikla was looking terrible the whole time. Like oh, if, if you if you just look at cloud nine there's nobody individually who's performing as badly as some of the players on these other rosters yeah yeah uh, they do have a couple people like i would say fudge and berserker are probably performing the worst they have in their career in north america that's a little concerning yeah we'll see who can pull themselves out of it also uh, with that fly quest call out shout outs to maryville mid laner spyrax anyways that's all for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. Make sure to like and follow all of our socials over at Last Free Nation. Otherwise, we'll catch you for our next episode of Power Spike. See you.